0: Chapter Thirty. Murderer for Whore, Part One. Kind of racket I was involved in back then, believe you me, I'd come from the perfect home. Yeah, it was a single mom home, living with my grandma, until we signed up for the fucking nightmare of my, you know, stepfather. But I ain't going into that shit. The point is, old guys of money. I'm talking millionaires, probably billionaires too. A lot of them, they've had it their whole life, or they're so conditioned to having their fucking way all the time, they forget. There's rules that can be broken, and money is not going to buy your fucking way out of trouble. Ever. Every time I got my hands on one of these motherfuckers because they had mistreated one of these girls, forgetting that they were human beings... It was the only violence that ever gave me pleasure. Your fucking money means shit now, boy. I'm taking it all. I'm here for different fucking reasons. People that were too rough with girls and shit sometimes. Some that didn't pay. Abandon them in other towns. Oh, that happened time or two. Sure, abandoned them in Palm Springs or somewhere. Yeah, it's up to me to go fucking make it right. Every fucking time. I don't feel bad about it. I'm not sorry for it, and I didn't fucking kill anybody. But I guess I knew the day was coming. As young as I was, I did. I knew eventually the girls would look at me to deal with the vampire. I knew it would happen. A vampire. They say rape is a violent crime. No shit. What that motherfucker from Northridge did to Serena. He beat her so bad. It made me cry. He fucked her up, and then he fucked her and he threw her out in the street. I didn't even fucking know her, okay? She'd been at B and I's wedding and shit, and I'd seen her around. She was really cute, little brunette, frail thing, but that's why I cried. She was fucking harmless. I got paid let's clear that up right now I don't go into fucking houses without getting paid all the time yeah I guess I would have done it for nothing But who else is that kid going to turn to Summer and I got the call. I was reluctant at first to go back to that pent fucking hell in downtown L.A., but I fucking went because I remembered Serena. And when B called to confirm what had happened, yeah, Summer and I, we jumped on the bike and we hightailed our asses to uh, L.A. I walked into that. Fucking penthouse, pussy palace, and when I say pussy, it's kind of tongue in cheek because of all the fucking cats that Rosemary had. Okay, so (laughs) I was nervous walking in there. I walked in with the gun that I'd bought from R.D., and you can bet your fucking ass it was loaded. I prefaced. Summer and I's visit to Rosemary over Serena with the message that if it was a double cross and Rosemary did anything, that cunt was going to be the first to fucking die. When I was sure she got the message, we arrived. I did a quick walk through the penthouse just to make sure we were all alone. Then I sat down on the sectional. For a moment, I watched mesmerized. It's the woman I was in love with, held the hand and comforted that beautiful young woman who had been destroyed. I watched Summer cry. I watched Serena cry. That bitch Rosemary was sitting there on her chase, their feet on the floor facing Serena. I think she even shed a tear too. I looked right into Serena's beautiful face. She looked back, reached out and rubbed her side of her leg. Her lip was still swollen and scabbed over and busted. Her fucking eyes were black. He beat the fuck out of her. Serena, you really need to go to the hospital. I think your nose is broke. Rosemary quietly insisted as calmly and soothingly as she possibly fucking could. Without pulling the wash rag full of ice cubes back from the corner of her mouth, she quietly closed her eyes and shook her head. I can't afford to pay for it, Rosemary. Without missing a beat, Summer immediately looked over at me. Brett, would you hand me my purse? I handed Summer the purse. She opened it up and pulled my envelope out. I didn't even know she fucking had. I handed it to Serena. Yeah, it was full of money. Serena immediately threw her arms over Summer and then reached over to hug me too. I knelt down between Summer's legs and the coffee table and embraced her as best I could. When I pulled back, Summer was giving Rosemary a dead stare. I gave her $500, she explained without Summer having asked a single question. God, I love Summer. Without even knowing Serena, I loved her too. The more I sit there and Listen to her tell me what fucking happened because I wanted details. His hour? It was his fucking hour. Did he say that to you? Yeah, holding you down by your hair while he's punching you. I want you to tell me how'd you leave? He pulled you through the house by the hair of your head? Threw you outside with your stuff? Said he had friends in the mob? Okay, we'll see. It's like the afternoon after. Yeah. It was highly upsetting. We rolled out of Rosemary's after saying goodbye to Serena and then having a private conversation with Rosemary about price. Yeah. A number of the agencies were all chipping in to pay me a fee. Of course the bitch tried to lowball me at like fifteen hundred or something, like mm, yeah. I was tempted to throw her off the fucking roof then. Fucking bitch rosemary. Three K, not a dime less not a fucking dime less hey look you get right down to it i would have done it for nothing but no rosemary is paying for it along with them other agencies and by god they were going to pay me the message was this don't ever call another los angeles escort agency as long as you live motherfucker All of your Los Angeles privileges have been fucking suspended forever, dick. That was the message. I was to deliver. I got his name. I got his address. And I began doing recon. Whether I own up to actual towns or not, you'll never know. If you're a rapist and you fucking live there, think about it. And if you're him, so fucking what? We'll just take a walk down memory past you, piece of shit. Can't believe you're still alive. I knew where I was going. I'd been up there summer enough times. I knew right. I didn't need summer to go with me to fucking recon. Matter of fact, I insist she stay home. We were still on the motorcycle. Yeah, that's a shitty way to do any kind of recon work ever let alone with the really hot woman on the back. Finding the address wasn't a big fucking deal. I was just looking for the quickest ways out. Out. If you know you're going to be guilty of some shit somewhere, it's a real good idea to have about five different fucking routes out. Planned ahead of time. Do it with a woman on the back of a fucking motorcycle. Truth is, Summer is seeing Dean again, and he was getting ready to give her. He hadn't given it to her yet. They were having to jump through a lot of hoops to make it legal, but he was getting ready to give her a fucking 1967 Stingray. Convertible Corvette Stingray. No shit. He was getting ready to give it to her. <laughs> that fucking piece of shit. I couldn't fucking compete. But anyway, I reconned at rapist place up in uh, Northridge. He lived in a upper-middle-class home at the top of a cul-de-sac. He had neighbors. Separated just by maybe a quarter acre or so, a lot of lawn ornaments, privacy fences, and uh big backyards. I like big backyards. I like a lot of real estate to work with' I'm yeah when I got that shit squared away, I forgot about him. You bet we forgot about him Every agency in town, braced, and waited, because we knew that fucker would call again. It's one thing I'll give those agencies, there's every shit going down in town, like a police sting, or a bad client, they'd call and warn one another. They were good about that, they really were, unless you were a shit like Rosemary, yeah. Well, in this case, one of Rosemary's girls got it, Serena. Yeah, this was Rosemary's call. This was one of Rosemary's fucking calls. She had sent Serena up there to Northridge and Serena got it. Could have happened to anybody, but it happened to Rosemary. So Rosemary picked up the phone. She called all the other agencies to let them know what, you know, had transpired. Well, needless to say, some of the other agencies had similar complaints about this guy. That's why we forgot about him, and I reconned his fucking house. We knew he'd call back, and every agency in town had Summer's description. They were to pitch Summer, and they'd contact Rosemary, who would be the fucking liaison. We'd get the page and go to work. So like I say, until that call came, we forgot about him. I'm happy to announce somebody broke into the uh, garage there in Poinsettia and stole that Honda scooter. I am. Selfishly, I'm thrilled to death that we didn't have that Honda scooter summer love for very long because somebody fucking stole it. For the record, I put a hell of a chain on that motherfucker, okay, around the axle of my bike, and they still took her bike, Okay. Didn't hurt my fucking feelings, it upset her. And I sympathized, okay? Empathized all that shit. I did everything I was supposed to do, and we talked about getting a new one if when she got bored with her Corvette stingray. So I drove my savage. And Summer rode around town with me until she got her Corvette. We yeah, we're riding together. I'm making a bigger fucking deal out of it, and it really was. We were really happy. We were really in love. I know she loved me, Summer. And I know that I really, really loved her. I hadn't thought about my son in months. I am not blaming her for shit. I'm telling you a story. I'm telling you how I was feeling then. Okay? I say the fucking story's honest. No excuses. When I did think of my son, I felt guilt, so I didn't. We got a black velvet call. Out of the blue. It was at the Four Seasons. I'd been to the Four Seasons for summer before, but I just didn't get what all the fucking hoopla was about. Okay, in my opinion, it was just another fucking hotel. All right. In all honesty, there was hotels I liked better that were nowhere near as fucking expensive. Yeah, I like Four Seasons, great location, excellent fucking town. How much do you want me to pay for this room, you fucking maniac? I didn't get it, but anyway, we we got a black velvet call to Four Seasons. Summer always said to me, you can't live on love alone. She said that to me a lot. You can't live on love alone. Which meant I had to put up with a lot of shit. She did. For money. I had to tolerate it. Eat it. The second. I wanted to feel normal again. By wrapping my arms around a beautiful. Beautiful. Young woman from Whittier, California, who was my friend, who was someone I felt like I could trust and be myself around and not have to fucking lower myself. The second I couldn't bring myself to walk through it one fucking night, Michelle on Janine took me in and felt sorry for me. Who would have guessed? I got attacked. By the woman I was in love with. I say that now because I didn't realize it until the night we got the call on that black velvet ad to go out to Four Seasons. We got him past security as friends of the guy. He had called down and, yeah, we had, had the name thing set up ahead of time. Went upstairs and he was naked. He was naked when we got there, yeah. That motherfucker was coked out big time. I mean, it wasn't a Tony Montana-sized bag of cocaine on that fucking desk, but it was a pretty good fucking-sized bag of cocaine on that fucking desk, okay? He was fucking... I thought he was going to die. I was waiting for him to stroke out or just fucking drop. I really was. We got undressed, and Summer and I ended up screwing fucking right there on the um floor. I saw the stack of hundreds on the nightstand we first walked in. Banded money. wrap money. On the nightstand, no shit. I saw hundreds. I didn't see 20s or any. I saw fucking hundreds. The reason why I saw that when we first walked in is because that coked head motherfucker died. I was rolling with the coke and the cash. We were going to do the right thing and let the people at the front desk know, hey, this fucker you coked out and died on us up here. Leave a little coke on him on the fucking floor and on the desk, but the rest of the coke's going me and the cash. Yeah, we're gone. Try to keep me there. Oh, anyway, I saw the fucking money. Okay? But you know what I wasn't willing to do for it? Let him blow me. Oh, he wanted to. Summer was there. Right right there with me. As naked as I was. Fantastically beautiful. Flawless fucking body. Beautiful 36 double D breast. Slender waist. Beautiful curvaceous hourglass hips. And that fucking flawless ass cut from stone. Long auburn hair. The shoulders. Beautiful piercing eyes. And you know what? I'm wrong for saying she looked like a Vivian Lee. When she was naked and her beautiful auburn hair just splashed over her shoulders. She looked like a... She looked like... She looked like summer. Why the fuck would you want to blow me? He asked me how much it would cost to blow me. And I said, you can't put a price tag on it. And he went for the money on the nightstand. Summer was game. Summer immediately walked over to me naked, grabbed my arm. Let him do it. 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 Him do it. No. I protested. Pulling away from her. I'm fucking doing it. I'm not gay. do that money, Blit. She insisted more aggressively before the man turned around. I'm not going to say what the man looked like. I'm not going to say who the fuck he was. Okay? But I'll tell you this much. He offered me a couple of banded stacks of them fucking hundreds to blow me. To suck my dick. Summer assured me she'd be right there with me. We could lay down on the bed and she'd be right there with me and I could pretend it was her. I had the money in my hand. They were both pulling me over to the bed.
1: Stop it!
0: I said fucking no! I yelled, jerking away from the two of them man stumbled back, startled. Summer looked equally as frightened, and rightfully so. I fucking meant it.
1: A home out to dry It was easy to keep we hey.
0: poinsettia chapter 30 that's the end of it Murderer for horror part one murder for horror part two back next yeah you got it wednesday 8 p.m i can dios mi amigos burn your shit solid see you Friday.